1: The cheeseheads who want it fresh. And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And today we have a familiar special guest, um, somebody who was on the show very recently, and we enjoyed it so much we had to invite him to come back. It's Andrew Mertig of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Andrew... Thank you so much for joining us again.
2: I'm honored. I I feel like an honorary member of the team. I've been on so frequently <laughs> the last month, so I don't know what that would be called, a Paxwood she setter, but uh, <laughs> I like it.
0: I yeah, I don't know where to go from there. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take suggestions. I think on Twitter about uh about what a good name for you. I was thinking like you know an S in parentheses, then Paxwood mm. he set. I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll brainstorm. We'll oh, <laughs> uh, so, Andrew, you did not get to be part of the Pack a Day recap show, um, which was a bummer. And I know that you had some sizzling hot takes about the uh, the first pick that the Packers made with number 13. So, do you want to just let's just dive right in to, yeah. to Luke Van Ness?
2: Yeah. So this, this might be a little redundant based on what I said on, on pack a day last week. So if you listen to that, I apologize, but I promise I will stop being redundant after the first minute. <laughs> it's not that I don't like Lucas Van Ness. I, I, I think he's a, a very fine prospect. He makes all the sense in the world in the eyes of the Packers and, um, He's he's their type, right? Like you, you would expect. That's that's the guy that they would have eyes for. My problem is the number one goal for the upcoming season for the Green Bay Packers needs to be assessing Jordan Love. That's it. I mean, w- would it be great if they like went on a Seahawks kind of unexpected run? and made some noise and made the playoffs and then you know who knows what happens yeah absolutely that would be awesome i think that is best case scenario i think worst case scenario you just need to be ready to know at the end of the season just like with aaron Rodgers first season is this our guy to move forward they have some draft capital and so if it's not then next off season is when you really need to be making those decisions and so did you put yourself in a really good position to assess your young quarterback based on this offseason. Well, they didn't have any free agent money. So you're not going to help out Jordan Love through free agency. So your draft is the only opportunity to do that. So what did you do? You drafted a a young edge rusher, and the hope is that he comes in, is able to make an immediate contribution, and then hopefully get the ball back to Jordan Love a little bit quicker. And that's great if your goal is to try to win as many games as possible this year, which yes, it should be on the field. But I would say from a GM standpoint, your goal should be to give Jordan love all of the tools that he needs in order to be successful. And so let's assess what the Packers did. Um, They, they were able to give Jordan love basically the offensive line that we would have expected. They drafted zero offensive linemen. So you, you, Hope David Bakhtiari comes back and can play all 17 games. I think you're okay with how the rest of the line is shaking up. I, I think, you know, you have some pretty high expectations out of some guys who haven't necessarily shown a a ton of development so far. And so you're hoping for that jump from Josh Myers or John Runyon to kind of help fill in the gaps where, you know, between Elton and Hopefully Yash, at right tackle, and then Zach Tom somewhere in the middle. And then one of those other guys has to take a, a step uh, to give Jordan Love that solid solid line in front of him. And then you're expecting a whole heck of a lot out of a lot of young weapons. I know I'm as optimistic about Christian Watson as anybody. I was so high on him coming into the draft last year, and I love what I saw out of Christian Watson Very, very small sample size. Do we know that he is a true number one wide receiver? I'm not so sure you can definitively say yes at this point. I don't know what Romeo Dobbs is at all. I I see a lot of people assuming that he's going to be a really quality number two, but I'm not sure at this point. I have questions about Jane Reed. We'll talk about that later. Um, And then you have a bunch of like incredibly young wide receivers that I don't think it's fair to expect a lot out of. And we know what the progression in the NFL looks like for tight ends. It typically is not an immediate contribution. And so we'll talk about those players as well, but I think it's unfair to expect a lot of that. So what are they giving Jordan love? Pretty heavy dose of the run game. Probably but what if teams are able to take that away or heaven forbid, what if the, what, one of the wide receivers, especially Christian Watson gets hurt for any extended period of time. I don't know. This is the kind of offense I want to throw my first year starting quarterback into, and then just like, hope everything clicks. Like I would have much rather seen them give him somebody in the first round, like, you know, JSN, maybe. Like, um, okay.
1: I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah. What? Yeah. What makes you think that JSN isn't going to be like a Jalen Rieger? You know what I mean? Like oh, a total yeah. bust. Like why why pick – you know what I mean? Like why stray from what the Packers normally do and take someone like that versus what they did, which is like what they always do, which is give him a bunch of weapons in the second round?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think that's totally fair. To me, JSN is a professional route runner if he's nothing else, he is a guy that is is going to be able to be trusted to be in the right place at the right time for your young quarterback. And to me, adding that and then just increasing the odds, right? Like maybe he doesn't turn out, but then there's a little bit fairer expectation that Christian Watson is a true number one. Romeo Dobbs becomes a true number two. Like out of all of those rolls of the dice, some of them are going to turn up right for you. And I just worry that they haven't provided themselves enough of an out in order to do that.
0: So I think it's really interesting because I thought where you were going with this when you started talking about I would have liked to see or I was hoping the Packers would do. I genuinely thought you were going to say something like pick up right tackle like Broderick Jones obviously went right after the Packers picked and went to the Steelers. So I kind of honestly thought where you were going with this was that you wanted more immediate contributions for your quarterback in terms of protecting him and keeping him upright. So I think it's really interesting that you went to bat for a a different wide receiver hope after we're talking now about the expectations for rookie pass catchers being relatively low outside of guys named Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase. And, you know, you're hoping like Christian Watson towards the latter half of last season
2: yeah and and thank you for bringing me back to that point i uh clearly clearly I'm thinking uh only like singularly right now, but Roderick <laughs> Jones was my number five overall player, so yes, I did love him i would have i would have preferred that the Packers did something on offense to really just like invest in this unit Jameer and Gibbs. say
0: I'm just, kidding, I'm, just I'm just kidding.
2: I don't know about but that. But
1: they did what invest. Sure. I could, So I just, like, I have a hard time with this narrative because I think, like, the draft is over. And to me, I'm like, let me look at this draft as a whole, right? As a whole, like, regardless of where they picked each player, like, what did the Packers do and, like, bring to this team? And I think also, Andrew, you and I might have, like, a different view on, like, roster building and, like, what this year means. Because I love the LVN pick because – you take, in my opinion, like you take those like premium freak athletes with those high picks and the Packers value edge, they value corner, potentially tackle like in those spots. And so like no part of me expected them to like stray and take wide receiver. But if you look at the draft as a whole, I'm actually coming at this thinking, well, look at all of the playmakers, potentially like pass catchers that they gave him, right. They took two tight ends and a wide receiver on day two. Um, They took two more wide receivers later on. They didn't take an offensive line, which again, I thought was kind of odd, but they must think that the group that they have at the moment has enough talent somewhere in there to put out a best starting five. Like to me, I, and then you add in the three wide receivers they took last season and Josiah DeGuara who, seems to have a really nice connection with Jordan Love. And I view as a whole, well, Jordan Love's got a ton of weapons. And I agree with you, like, this year is about evaluating him 100% because it's basically this year and, like, maybe 2024, and then they have to make some kind of decision. But I think they did give him enough to surround himself. Now, is this season going to be bumpy? 100%, especially when you have a new quarterback and just, like, all young guys but I think the opportunity for them to like develop and grow together also can't be understated. And I guess you can respond to that, but I also am wondering like if they had the room for it, would we want at this point, the Packers to take a veteran, especially in like the wide receiver room, for example, or is, cause I'm in the camp of like, just let the young kids kind of go. And if the season ends up being some like kind of wonky roller coaster at least we're going to see what they have, right? No one's getting snaps taken away by a Sammy Watkins. No one's getting like taken off the field by a vet. We can just kind of like let the kids play. But I think the LVN pick to your point, Andrew, for me is like, this is a setup for just a winning football team. Like as GM Brian, Brian Coonigens is saying like, who is the best player available on my board right now who I can add to a winning football team, regardless of like side of the ball and giving Jordan love a great defense, which God, no excuses anymore. Like this defense (laughs) has to be great. Right. Is, is in its own right support for him, I think, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but it's all about like what kind of like vision. And I guess the Packers are just always like, now and future. And we're seeing them do the now and future just with a new quarterback.
2: You are giving me a lot of things to think about. I know. I'll I'll, try. No, I, that's, that's awesome. I think, first of all, in three years, would it surprise me if Lucas Van Ness is like the best player the Packers could have picked at 13, right? Like within the realistic people that they would have picked. No, not at all. I, I think he has that kind of upside. He, he plays with a, a fire and a passion that you don't see from guys with his athletic traits all that often. And so for, from that standpoint, I, I think, you know, it does have a chance to be special, but I guess the thing that keeps making me nervous, let's say Christian Watson misses a month of the season and the, the Packers can't get a lot of traction from their young tight ends, which is not altogether unusual. And teams start loading up against the run and they say, OK, we don't think Romeo Dobbs uh, or Jaden Reed can beat us one on one. And we're just going to crowd the line of scrimmage. We saw Aaron Rodgers struggling with this four to five years ago. And for Jordan Love, the thing that makes me really nervous is he gets in that situation and he starts to develop one of two really, really bad traits, which is to hold on to the ball forever or to force it into to heavy coverage. And without the players who can get open on their own, I'm not sure that they can prevent that. Now the flip side of that argument is that the coaching tree that Matt LaFleur comes from has shown time and time again, that they're able to scheme things open as long as teams have to respect the running game. And so I guess that is the flip side of this argument. And um, I do, I, I meant to say this at the very beginning, I hope I am wrong like that. that That's the <laughs> fact of the matter. I hope I look so stupid and somebody goes back and watches this or listens to this, um, you know, two years from now, is like, wow, what an idiot. Why would we ever listen to anything you have to say about the draft? And I would still say, I don't know. I, I don't know why you would listen to me, but I, I guess the, the one thing that concerns me is that the Packers get too reliant on day three wide receivers and young tight ends and then it, it stunts Jordan Love's development because no matter how good Lucas Van Ness is in two or three years, it isn't going to make up for Jordan Love not being the player that we hope he is. And if Jordan Love can continue to, to progress, then this is going to be, uh, I, I think a really good pick, but I would have liked to see them go offense uh, to your point. Veteran wide receiver at this point, there's nobody out there, anyways. And even if there was, I don't think that's a very good move. Let let your young guys develop, because odds are, amongst Touré, Wicks, Debose, somebody is going to hit out of that group. Even if it's just a solid receiver, and then you know you hope that two of the three of Watson, Dobbs, and Reed end up good, and there you you have your wide receiver room of the future. If more than that hits, then oh my gosh, we're we're talking right. about like right. early career Aaron Rodgers, right? right. Like, like we're looking matters.
1: for your like NVS and that like later group.
0: So I I do think it's really interesting because you know we we're talking about this young roster and I think the Packers have the youngest roster in the league and it's like by a wide margin like it's not even close and granted when you have Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby on your team (laughs) your numbers are more skewed and now you know you're leaning back into all these young prospects but Jordan Love obviously met with the media today as QB1 and I thought some of his comments were really interesting because you know the caveat here is what is he supposed to say you know he's not going to go out and say anything against you know what the team has provided him but I I liked his comments about when you're young, he said, you know, these guys haven't been around other players who want things done a certain way. So he has the opportunity then to get his point across on how he wants things run in the offense without having to worry about, you know, I'm not saying this would be Cobb specifically because Cobb's a team guy, but players that are so, you know, invested in a specific, you know, routine or a way that they do things now, Jordan's getting to kind of be be the guy in the center and get to grow with all these guys. So I think that there's, there's going to be a learning curve for all these players because acclimating into the NFL, especially as like a tight end is really tough. But I think that the Packers are in a very fortunate situation that even like Christian Watson wasn't in last season where they're starting fresh with their quarterback. You know, it's not Tucker craft coming in and having to get in Aaron Rodgers' good graces after his 15th season, and skipping off season programs like I'm not trying to make it a thing, but I think that it's a really it's about the easiest transition you could expect for some of these young players.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we, so there's there's kind of two schools of thought if if you listen to the national pundits, one is, "Whoa, well, how are they going to win with this young wide <laughs> receiver group because you see like. Well, the Bills went out and, and got Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Justin Herbert came into a situation where they were already Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams, so like, how are they ever going to do this? Well, Aaron Rodgers came in without... I mean, Donald Driver was there, so yes, right. there was that transitionary piece, but... Largely that was an incredibly young offense that grew up with Aaron Rodgers. And Donald Driver was kind of in that Aaron Jones role where he was just sort of like a little bit older than everybody else. And so I'm sure that helped. And and you know, I Aaron Jones is the kind of guy that you want to follow. So I, I definitely see that as, as a really big positive for this team. Jordan Love said all the right things. Whether or not that works, we don't know because this most uh, especially somebody, Jordan loves a really smart guy. I firmly believe that you you know don't get to where he's gotten without being a, a really smart guy, and and he's had a great media presence, really good strategy leading up to this. We'll find out where the rubber hits the road on this one, but I think he's doing all the right things. He hasn't gotten impatient in a really uncomfortable situation. He's getting his chance, and you know, I I mean, if I had to bet, I I think he he shines like. Is he going to be another Hall of Fame quarterback? Eh, probably not. But I, I don't think he has to be. I, I think if he can be, like, serviceable to good, if the offense clicks in the right way, and, and to Perry's point, this defense can make up for a lot of early season struggles the and offense needs may to. have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, then, then, you know, they could be really successful. And we've seen teams... You know, everybody's saying, oh, the Packers are a six win team or like at best an eight win team. We saw the Giants make the playoffs last year. <laughs> that Giants team was worse than this Packers team. We saw the Seahawks make the playoffs last year. And you could argue maybe they had a little bit more talent than, than this year's Green Bay team does. But like weird things happen in the NFL yeah. every single year. And this is a team, a lot of talent on defense. I, I think a lot of young, exciting things going on in offense. And and if the right, right things fall their way, like who knows?
1: Yeah. And like the NFC is still wide open. Like nothing yeah. has really oh, yeah. changed from last season. So I'm not that I'm like really thinking about that, which is really interesting as a, as a green Bay fan, kind of like, I'm not getting like ahead of myself too much. I think this is very like, step-by-step like to me i'm like all right let's see how this offseason goes and then it's going to be like all right let's see how the first quarter of the season goes because all you really want to see and i think this goes back to one of your earlier points andrew is like are we just getting like growth out of this team and like mainly this offense right like are they on the upward trajectory because that's all you really need to see coming out of this season like are we better in week 16 than we were in week one Regardless of record or anything like that, is each player getting better and then as a cohesive unit, are we also getting better together? Now, you mentioned you have some apprehensions about Jaden Reed. And I know personally I'm really high on him. I think consensusly people are very excited about him. So I'm very I'm really curious like where those are coming from and what they are.
2: Yeah. So here is Here's where I become public enemy number one. (laughs) Jaden Reed was my player overall one thirty two. I, I just didn't see it when, when I watched him, I, I thought, I thought when I watched him, he was in maybe early day three kind of player. Um, I know he showed out at the senior bowl. I know the Michigan state offense was a problem for him. I, I, I don't know. I Again, I hope I'm wrong. I, but interestingly enough, I had both Grant DuBose and Dontavian Wicks rated ahead of Jaden Reed. So it's not that I don't like the Packers receiving class. I just, it's possible I missed something with Reed. I've seen, you know, clips from other people, um, many of which I have seen before, some of which I haven't. And so, you know, when you're scouting, especially when you're scouting as many players as I attempt to, there are games you miss and sometimes you pick a bad batch of games. Like I have had that happen before and, and misjudge a player's ability. Sometimes they just have a skill set that I don't necessarily like, like gravitate towards. And, you know, Kyle had an interesting point uh, on, on this past week's pack a day that like, he basically just stopped watching Jaden Reed. Cause he was like, he's not a Packers guy. Like he doesn't meet any of the thresholds uh, that uh, the the Packers typically look for. And so he just kind of gave up and maybe there was some of that thinking in there too. Um, could he be really good? Absolutely. Like I, I think he has some really interesting traits and characteristics. Uh, I, I think So, like, some of his closest athletic comparisons, I'm going to butcher this. I I should have looked it up again before the show. But there's a lot of receivers that have kind of had middling careers. And then there's Jalen Waddle. So, like... There is a lot of upside there for a player with his particular skill set. I think people probably are a little higher on his route running and hands than I was, and and that could be just a big miss on on my part. I know that some people said that he ran quite a bit faster than what was actually recorded. Um, that you know, Packer scouts had him in the four threes. That certainly would be interesting. Um, I think people are labeling him as a slot. And and I do think that there's some credence to thinking of him as a potential challenger to Romeo Dobbs on the outside. I I think maybe he has a little bit of that skill and and I I sort of underestimated that too. So Mm -hmm. as always, once you're a Packer, I'm a big fan of you. So (laughs) you know what? Forget my rankings. Who cares? Like I hope Jaden Reed is offensive rookie of the year this season and makes me look like an absolute fool.
1: I think it's just so interesting hearing the way they fall like in your algorithm, because like, you're right. I mean, you could have just watched like a really interesting batch of games. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was so out of the threshold. I think most people, myself included were surprised, but in watching him. And again, I'm not even anywhere close to you, but there's just like two things that really stick out to me. And it's just like, first of all, his blocking, which already when you watch him block, like, you know, Matt LaFleur was like, OK, you know, check, check <laughs> off the list, like you have to be willing to do that in this offense. And B, is just like his toughness at the catch point for a smaller guy. I just find him to be like, I'm a, that's my ball spot, yeah. ball, go get ball. And all the rest of it, like technique wise, I think you can work on, um, you know, he didn't come out of like any kind of like bigger program as you said it like Michigan State had a really tough season. there's always like ups and downs when it comes to that but like you said we could kind of say the same thing about Christian Watson last season coming in like you know he, they didn't ask him to do a lot and you know he doesn't have a refined route tree and then you get into the NFL and you get into the right place and you can really blossom um, and obviously like, small sample size Christian Watson went off for like a month but the opportunity is there. So, I'm excited about Reed. I'm also a little bit biased because I went down a rabbit hole of watching interviews, his interviews, and like, damn, that is a good kid. Like, that is a kid that you want to root for. Oh my God. I was like crying during one of them. It was also (laughs) one o'clock in the morning.
0: Andrew, can you give us your official rankings for all of the Packers drafts? Like if you don't have it with you, that's, that's fine. But I'd be really curious to see like, okay, the Packers took Lucas Van Ness at 13. You had him rated as your X overall player. And then just like down the
2: line. Yes, actually I compiled this because I missed so much of the draft (laughs) this year due to personal things going on. Um, So yeah, Lucas Van Ness, obviously the Packers took him at 13. I had him at 28 um, that said i understand the crazy upside there uh musgrave they took at 42 i had him at 44 win andrew very close uh (laughs) you know jane reed i talked about they took him at 50 i'm at 132 tucker craft i had him at 56 overall so really like tucker craft uh colby wooden i had at 75 so again packers take him at 116 uh, that's a pretty big plus in mine. I did not rank Sean Clifford. Yes. Miss me with that. Uh, Dontavian Wicks I had at 108. You know, the Packers took me at 159. So, again, another plus there. Carl Brooks I had at 219, but I will definitely admit that I mislabeled Carl Brooks big time. Um, I thought – he was like playing edge out there and was just like a big slow dude playing edge, and then obviously, like the being able to kick inside. Um, and some of the stuff I've seen since then kind of hard to watch Bowling Green tape too. So, in fairness to myself, but I, I've really liked what I've seen so far. Obviously, didn't watch Anders Carlson. Um, <laughs> Carrington Valentine to me, best value in the draft. I had him at 89 overall, I really, okay. really liked him. Uh, I didn't see Lou Nichols at all. Anthony Johnson, I had at 203, so still a really good value. I, I kind of was struggling to see like was he the safety he played at this past year? Was he the corner that I saw in like his junior year and like where he was at? But um, again, I think people are really high in him, and, and rightfully so. The Packers need some help at safety. And Grant Dubosa I had a 131, so another really good value there at uh, pick 256. So overall, I really like their draft class.
1: I was going to say, so in like, you're, I like that you, you're, uh, you're, you're a skeptic. Um, You're not as, I guess, blindly positive as Maggie and I sometimes (laughs) can be about this team, but like overall, like what's your gut feeling about this group of guys? I
2: I think, I think just like every year, um, we'll all get really, really excited about a bunch of these guys and one or two will be really good. A few will be all right. And then the rest will just kind of be like depth pieces or practice squad guys or out of the league in two years. Um, Like you think back what's a really great draft class. Well, the Seahawks had one last year. They got two starting tackles uh, at least one starting corner and another pretty good depth piece. They got a, a really good young running back. Um, and that was kind of it, right? Like the, the rest of their draft class has contributors, but like basically we're talking five guys and people are talking about that as a foundational draft class. You can't expect out of the 13 guys that 10 of them are going to hit. Um, but if the Packers can get like four, five, they're going to be like, oh, I almost just said the R word, um, the the one Andy oh, got so much trouble for, no. not uh, the, not the bad R word. I, I think <laughs> like you. it will shoot this roster reconstruction <laughs> <There you laughs> through go. the moon. Like, like yeah. you know, that, that would be unbelievable. If, you know, Lucas Van Ness turns into something, one of the tight ends they hit on and then, you know, Jaden Reed or one of the later wide receivers, if they, if they get that, like we're, we're cooking with gas. And um I I think, you know, I always tend to get really over optimistic and overvalue players. Um, but one of the things that that always helps me like go back in time is like, you know, GMs are gonna miss on picks and that's all right. But but hitting on them, um, you know, hitting on a few players each draft is gonna put you in a really good position to be successful.
0: So one of the things I want to talk about the tight ends, but before we do that, I I just wanted to, I know you didn't watch or rate Sean Clifford and the conversation that we were having earlier about vets made me think of this. And I had thought, you know, I understand what the Packers are doing with the Clifford selection. Perry and I had talked on the show about how it was going to be, you know, an older rookie quarterback like a Stetson Bennett that had had won championships and had been in a locker room for a long time but I thought if there was one position group that would you know benefit from having a veteran brought in it would have been the quarterback position and I understand the Packers were not going to be able to go get like Jacoby Brissett like the, the market was not in their favor as far as vets are concerned but I do think that you know the the wide receiving room is probably okay. The tight end room is probably okay. The running backs are fine. The offensive line, you've got leaders in all these positions, even if they're young leaders. Jordan Love is great, and I know that if Jordan Love goes down, the season is a wash anyway because you're trying to evaluate him and only him. But I I don't see the benefit necessarily of developing Danny Etling and Sean Clifford. So to me, I thought if there was going to be an opportunity for them to bring in another voice. Jordan Love gets a sounding board. That's the position group where I thought we would maybe see a free agent addition. But again, I know there's not much out there that, you know, would constitute like a serviceable backup that'd be willing to just sit.
2: It is really interesting because at best, Sean Clifford is like a really, I don't know if intriguing is the right word, <laughs> right word, but he's a project, right? Like this is a guy who they are saying is really intelligent. He actually has really good physical tools. He's just like a disaster mechanically. And so you're going to rework him. That's fun to have a, a, a quarterback project along the way. It may actually help out Jordan love in being able to teach, right? Cause we know that you, you learn a little bit faster when you have the opportunity to teach somebody else. And, um, Jordan Love is is uh, no stranger to quirky mechanics and uh, <laughs> hopefully fixing a lot of those things. Yeah, it is weird. I, I, I actually meant to to tweet this at some point. And, and my initial thought was like, do the Packers think something of Danny Etling? Like, is this a guy that, that maybe they're really high on and haven't haven't let on? Because it was a weird pick. And it's like, if the Packers really loved one of the backup quarterbacks, I don't know why, like taking them around earlier would have been like a huge obstacle. So I don't know that like the sudden fall was the reason why it was Clifford. But yeah, I, what, 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 concerns me and yes, like there is the idea that the Packers are actually competitive and love misses a few games And then, you know, you're all of a sudden out of the playoffs because you have to turn to a rookie fifth-round pick. My bigger concern is twofold. One, you have a lot of young receivers. And so what's going to happen when you get to the preseason? You're going to put them in the game with Sean Clifford, and he's (laughs) going to be throwing the ball 10 yards over their head or not making the read and getting sacked or – you know, whatever the case is. And so you're stunting your receivers, like your very, very young receivers growth during very important preseason reps. And then that's not even factoring in all the practice things that go on. My other problem is if he's your backup, he's not ready year one. We know that. So if Jordan Love, let's say he has to miss the last six games this season, you're already out of the playoffs, so it doesn't matter you're going to turn your offense into a total dumpster fire and then like ruin the progression of some of your young guys or like those really valuable reps that we've seen even I bad. Right. I hurdles. don't I
1: don't think Sean Clifford's seeing the field like period.
2: <laughs> I certainly hope not, but then, like,
1: but then ever oh, in any of these circumstances, like he's not, he's going to play like a quarter in preseason and like Jordan love is going to play out the whole season, like regardless of what their record is. I don't. I don't see a world where Sean Clifford's playing a single snap. But if Jordan I'm talking Love about gets in hurt. case
0: Jordan
2: Love gets hurt.
1: Okay, fair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then the season's like done. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, like, is it Nick Foles? Is it like I? I don't even know who's actually on an NFL roster right now. If anything's happened over the last like three weeks, I've missed it. But like, even a Sean Mannion or like insert name of generic backup quarterback here like somebody's got to be available and then like why did the packers create cap space with the darnell savage move if they're if they're not going to go out and sign somebody like maybe maybe that money gets used for a safety maybe it gets used for a different position but like a veteran backup quarterback right now i think would be so invaluable for love's development and for me not panicking every time he gets hit
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I know there's, you know, some thought that maybe that money is going was gonna be for Adrian Amos. You know, it sounds like two sides are not necessarily together on that, but this is running long and it's getting late. So let's let's briefly talk about the tight ends, because I think those are two picks that pretty much everyone was in consensus excited about. And uh two tight ends that maybe weren't the the flashy names, like the Dalton Kincaid, the Michael Mayers, but two tight ends that I think will come in and have a pretty significant impact for Jordan Love their rookie year.
2: Yeah, I I mean, Mus, Musgrave is what he is. He's a crazy athlete, a uh, little bit linear, but I, I think, you know, the opportunity I, – I talked about, like, the slow progression of tight ends historically, but Musgrave has a skill that is translatable in that he can run down the seam, and he is going to give linebackers and safeties fits. And so I really like that. Maybe the answer at slot receiver, in fact, is Luke Musgrave because you might have trouble getting his hand in the dirt really early in his career, um, but he is is going to be an op- or have an opportunity to flex out. And so I think I think that's an, a a really interesting one, uh, one that gives the Packers a weapon that they quite frankly haven't had running down the middle of the field since JerMichael Finley. I, I you wouldn't expect him to be as good as JerMichael Finley was in his prime, but um, musgrave definitely is really really intriguing as a developmental guy i think craft is a little bit further along um, if he can clean up some of the like mental stuff the the drops and things like his ability to block and release um, his ability to catch and like put his foot in the dirt and just go and then he he's a scary guy because he's not only like relatively fast and quick but he also will run you over And so I think he's going to be a problem on um, some of the the check down stuff. He he gives the Packers a little bit of something that they, they haven't had in like a really balanced tight end in a while. And so those two guys developing together, I think, is really, really promising. I just don't know if it'll be like all put together in year one.
0: Tucker Craft will also give Perry's Dynasty League fits with his production. Um, I love him. I
1: think <laughs> like I think they
0: also, they bring like different things
1: to the table, right? And I think you you just like alluded to it, but they're just like, they're two very different tight ends and the Packers just like haven't had a room full of like versatile athletic tight ends in I don't know, ever. Like it's been a really, really, really long time, but I do think it's interesting, Andrew, like you're not the first person I've heard to comp um, a Musgrave must to Jermichael Finley and obviously like I feel like that's like the gold standard in Packer fans minds of like what the dynamic like weapon tight end can be which is like the last time we had one and that's like no hate to any of the tight ends that have come through like Jared Cook was great for a season Tanyan had his you know 10 plus touchdown season but like not a solid dude that's going to stay around for like a number of seasons and play at like a very high level so it's exciting that they have that he has that ceiling. Do you have any concerns? And just cause like, this is something people talk about about craft coming from like a smaller program.
2: I yeah. mean, Christian Watson just did it. So yeah. no, not really. I, you know, some of the things with craft is like, he was the focal point every game. Like everybody on the opposing defense was like, we got to stop this guy. And he was just like, I'm. I'm gonna beat you anyways. Um, you know, I he, he, he turned down Alabama and was just like, I'm gonna carry S. Ooh, I almost said SDSU. I can't say that because uh, San Diego State is SDSU. But South Dakota State, uh, the the Fighting Jackrabbits. He, he just put him on his back and was like let's let's go win this whole thing.
1: yeah, uh, he, and that's what you look for from someone from a smaller program. Yeah. Like did you just like completely dominate literally everyone every week? And it's like, yes, ok. Next.
0: <laughs> this just feels very telling this draft. you know, I think specifically, like the packers went outside of some of their desired metrics. And it is just a clear indicator to me that, Matt LeFleur wants to run 12 personnel and he wants to do it a lot <laughs> now he's got every kind of tight end you know it's like a pick your flavor of the week tight end profile that he can just trot two of them out there whether it's Josiah DeGuara and Tucker Kraft it's Craft and Musgrave Musgrave DeGuara, whatever you know your profile is he's going to be able to do a lot of really fun things with this offense and Jaden Reed as well I know we've talked about him doing like end rounds jet sweeps like there's going to be a lot of fluidity and motion and movement to this offense that I think, you know, maybe there was some resistance against previously that I don't think Jordan Love will have that resistance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very possible that this defense comes out, carries this team for a little while and the offense is creative enough to move the ball win some close games and then we see this offense just kind of continue to get better and better and better. We saw it in San Francisco, right? Bunch of young guys, the, the Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayukes of the world kind of coming along and developing. Um, and, you know, you could, you could see the Packers kind of following that like Rams and 49ers template of four or five years ago, and then kind of growing up to this next next wave of Packers playoff football.
1: That blueprint is like, I think, best case scenario in my mind of how the season goes. Like, regardless, again, like I think, regardless of record, like defense finally puts it all together. Yeah. The offense it kind of allows the offense to like deal with its growing pains. But by the end of the season, you're saying, okay, we, we got somewhere with this group of guys.
0: I can't yeah, think of sure. anything else to add, quite frankly. I think that was a wonderful way to kind of wrap up. Not expectations. I think expectations is too strong of a word, but what we're looking for and how maybe this season with this draft class will be a really good litmus test for coaching staff and a lot of these new players that we're talking about. So, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and tell the people that are listening where they can find all of your work if they don't already follow you?
2: Yeah, I am at Andrew Mertig on Twitter and I am on the Friday episode of Packaday. Um, and I apparently guessed, appear uh, on, that's what she said all the time.
0: <laughs> Just new thing. <laughs> Pencil you in. All right. You can follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on Twitter. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Um, you can follow the podcast, find it, download it everywhere that you find your favorite podcasts, tell your friends about the show word of mouth means a lot to us we like when people tweet us and tell us that they're listening to the show so that's fun uh andrew as always you are wonderful we'll think of a cool workshop fun name for the next time that you come back on um you have a standing invite especially during draft season because it's a lot of fun to, to talk packers with you but that is all the time that we have for today's show so thank you as always for listening and go pack